This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. In this episode, Creating Narrative Conflict. Arguably the most important element of any story is conflict. How do we, as players and GMs, develop authentic tension between players and NPCs, and even among players, without hindering the campaign's progress? Let's get to it. Thanks for joining us on Up Your RPG. My name's Arthur. I am joined this week by three of my Under the Library compatriots. As always, Michael and Emily are here with me. And this week we are joined by Rick. Michael, I will pass the proverbial baton to you. I'm super excited about this week's episode because I think this is definitely one of our strengths as a group is uh, this conflict in character. The caveat on there at the end, I think, is going to be a big for, big one for us, though, is how do you keep it from getting in the way of the progression of the story, right? How do you not get bogged down in it? And Art, I want to start with you because recently Franny, or well, you had a rough role, and Franny was forced into this position to do both something out of character and something that was simultaneously uncomfortable for you as a player, and that was to be demeaning to Joe. And... It set off, but you embraced it. I, I totally give you that. You embraced it and heckled me a little bit for it. But both, what was that like? And then how did you take something that was difficult for you as a player and get into your character and then kind of channel that energy as the role cornered you into? Yeah, so that that's definitely, you know, as we were talking about this show, that's one of the moments that, that I was thinking about because it was so difficult. Um, I, I think... I would start by saying that for you as a GM, I, I would applaud you for taking that risk. Um, we've talked a little bit about agency and, and taking away player agency, and it did force me to do something that I didn't think that my character would normally do. Um, but I think you did it in a way that didn't feel um, it didn't feel problematic to me. Um, I, I thought that I, I do think that when those moments happen, when a player horribly fails a role, there needs to be a consequence to that. Uh, and I think in this case, it did fit the story. Um, the hard part for me was that, uh, so, and for those who don't listen to um, Under the Library, um, uh, my character is, uh, we're in 1942, my character is a female scientist. Um, Emily's character is uh, a female teenager. Um, and my character had to, uh, like Michael said, uh, essentially demean her character. Um, and that felt bad to me, both as a human, um, as a friend of Emily's, um, as a parent of a female teenager. <laughs> it, it felt pretty icky. Uh, so it was one of those moments where I really had to, to, to sort of step back. It, it took me a minute to do. Uh, I pushed back on it initially. I just didn't want to do it because it just felt so wrong. And I had to kind of step back, take a breath, put myself in the moment and in the character and try to step away from, from my personal space um, and try to come up with a way to, to actually make that happen. And that was the hard part for me was, was trying to think of what does anyone say to someone in that situation? Uh, because it's so far outside my personality. Um, but I thought it was, it, it, I think it helped me as a role player to do something that I was truly uncomfortable with. Um, and for that, I think the other thing that, that helped, and I think this is a, a big point of this episode of the show, 
is that we happen to be very lucky that our group is very close and supportive. Um, And uh, I think that Emily knew that that wasn't something that I would personally say. Um, And we even talked about it later um, about how uncomfortable it was. Yeah. Um, But I think the fact that we could, that I knew that I wasn't going to be judged for it and that I knew that it wasn't going to be taken personally, that helps. Um, And for players who are in a group that might not have that closeness, it might be quite different. Um, And I would say in that case, try to talk about it in advance if possible. And if not, definitely talk about it afterwards. Um, and check in with with everyone at the table, especially that person that you have the conflict with, um, to make sure that there aren't personal issues with that. Um, but it, yeah, it was tough. Uh, but I th- I think it did come off well um, for the show. Uh, but it, it was definitely a challenge for me. How how did it, on the same token, Emily, you had to deal with that same situation. What was that like for you? On the other end of your derision, yeah. Yeah, and watching me squirm and knowing what was coming and then having to deal with the aftermath. Yeah, well, um, I mean, there was no question that this was coming from Art. I knew it was coming from Franny and Michaels forcing you because of that role. I mean, that was all on the table. So obviously no bad feelings out of game. And in game, I just tried to figure out how a teenager would react to being totally dismissed. And so I just refused to work with you. So that prolonged the conflict because then we were just sort of at odds for a while. And, uh, but it, I mean, it flowed pretty easily from there. Like, yeah, I think we established that that part of the relationship and it, it the, that tension actually existed for several episodes beyond that until we actually yeah. took the time and resolved it. In Joe character. was saying like, no, I don't want to tell Franny that she won't believe me anyway. I'll just talk to Boone or, or whatever. It yeah. became a, yeah. a, a, an interesting, as you said, it, it led through a few episodes and then we had that callback moment where we're in the middle of some physical kind of conflict in an episode. And knowing that Franny regretted that moment, right? That was an out of character moment where she pushed Joe away, right? We had this callback then where Franny's really looking for opportunities to restore that relationship with Joe. And that initial kind of caustic comment in your desire to restore that relationship, it became almost a secondary missed opportunity. You were able to restore the relationship with Joe right later on a few episodes later. However, it came at a cost in the episode. And I think that 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 thread of conflict or grudging or natural kind of human boundary that we set when somebody hurts us, whether it's physically or emotionally, uh, then then to be able to carry that forward and think about those characters in relationships and in dynamic relationships that can shift and change, right? We don't start out as good and bad or evil and whatever. It's not something that pits us against each other. It's a constant continuum of we're really close right now. We're drifting apart. We're coming back together. And I think our group does an excellent job of that even though uh, some relationships established in the game are based on more wild characters that uh, play a role that maybe is 
hard to kind of navigate and that creates a different type of conflict. Rick, you want to talk about those kinds of relationships where your character might be hard to identify with or get close to, and it creates a different kind of conflict in not being able to get too close. And then how do you overcome that and establish yourself as the friend? Yeah, I, th I think that's been a, uh, at least so far, uh, a difficulty. And I think that probably speaks to uh, elements and how I'm and maybe building the character to sort of, I don't want to say provoke conflict, but to sort of, uh, I, I think, you know, take advantage of the fact that we are role playing and there are things that we can do in game that we, that, that, that we can sort of test in this sort of sandbox setting and, and, you know, really like immerse ourselves. Uh, the downside is, um, you then create conflicts between yourself as a character and other characters. And if you have a backstory, it's, it's, you know, what I'm finding is it's almost uh, a self-defeating cycle because no one then wants to find out about that. Right. And so there's no way to then sort of peel that onion until you maybe find a way to resolve those conflicts in, in non, you know, maybe overtly aggressive ways. Um, so it's challenging. I think if you're going to try and create a storied, you know, you know, you know, character with, with some complex, you know, background. Um, and I think, you know, we benefit from being a close group. Um, and then I know that if I push the envelope, uh, you guys are going to push, I think, right back and it's going to create some interesting narrative whether or not that helps advance the plot immediately, I know it at least is going to be mutually maybe engaging and entertaining, um, which which is is part of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a question I, for I, you, Michael. Uh, oh, yeah. In that sort of ongoing uh, tension between players, um, we as a group can sometimes get a little wrapped up in that. Um, and it can bog us down a little. Uh, the example is our most recent episode where yeah. tension actually brought uh, our progress to a screeching halt. Um, what are you doing as a GM to try and move that forward? Are you trying to do anything to move it forward? Or are you just sort of sitting back and eating popcorn and, and letting it happen? So th this is a good question because I've been thinking about this all week in terms of, right, this is what we're talking about, but keep the narrative moving forward. And I think this is a lot about group expectation, right? We're really, as a group, our, our, our expectation is we're going to work hard to stay in character. However, as you said, we're at a screeching halt last week. And there is a cost right there, right? Uh, we're able to kind of delve into these characters more, but we're also, we, we're not pushing the story. And so, you know, I think it's one of those things that as a group we're working on and we're trying to figure out. And so I, I was even thinking about, uh, and, and this is something we'll talk about at the beginning of our, our pre kind of episode uh, in under your library this week, but the idea of like, do we, do we bound out of those with some sort of time leap and then we, we look at this like from a week later, right? There's no, there's nothing major going on, or at least it doesn't appear that way, right? This is just internal group conflict kind of coming to a head. Um, but somebody's life's at risk, right? Because of this conflict. Uh, there, there's two people who arguably, arguably like last or two weeks ago when Scott was talking about 
is there just kind of a natural time a character would leave a campaign, right? They're no longer interested in what's going on. And I'm wondering if we're starting to brush up against that wall too. And so part of me is really curious about, do we push that envelope? Are we brave enough to like say, you know what? It's time for me to take my character out. Or are we are we at a point where we should see how this develops the group dynamic? So right now I'm a little bit on the eating popcorn side and thinking about in the future when this happens, how do we do it better? How do I how do I help us move through it better? Or is this just necessary? And uh, I think it's a I think it's a great question and one I don't fully have an answer for at this moment, but I'm very curious to see how this current one develops. I, I, I oh, go ahead, Art. Uh, so I, I just wanted to read this back to you. So what I'm hearing uh, in terms of sort of rephrasing that for tips for GMs and groups is that it's really a group decision and it depends on your campaign and what the goals of that that group are are the goals to create a, a narrative character-driven story and to let the relationships play out, or are the goals more objective-based? Um, in, in which case, the group has to make a decision uh, with the GM sort of taking the lead of that decision. What what are the priorities here? Are the priorities to move the campaign forward and get more toward an objective, or are the goals to really go deep into the, the relationships and let the character tension play out? Um, is that what I'm hearing? I think that's, I think that's a really good assessment. I would also say there's, there's something dramatically different between a player kind of being a petulant child character that's Mm -hmm. stomping their foot and just being like, I'm not going in that room. And, and that's somehow being a part of the character. That's not effective, right? That's shifting the focus from a group dynamic to an individual within the campaign. And when they hold the focus like that, that I think is detrimental to our table, mm-hmm. right? That's not, that's very different from what's occurring in our group where it's people really trying to sort out their characters. There's nobody stomping their foot and saying, I'm not going in there because I don't want to they're saying their character has a really difficult problematic relationship with the events going on. And this is, this is what they feel their character would do. If we were making cinema, if we were shooting a Netflix series, I think that we would have all kinds of options in how to handle this, but as a, as a podcast and we're trying to move or even just at a table as we try to move through this verbally, some of these didactic moments kind of need to play out. I think it's important, but it's 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 important to recognize as a GM, are we moving forward as a group? Are we progressing character dynamics as a group or is this an individual shifting focus onto themselves? So I, I think that's an important distinction. Uh, uh, Rick, I know you had something I want to get back to you, but I just I don't want to forget this for Emily. Uh, so Emily, specific to the moment that we are in now, I think mm. there was sort of a, a, a an interesting dynamic happening in the last episode where Rick's character was intentionally or unintentionally sort of digging a deeper hole. And we, as both players and as players were metagaming just a little bit in trying to help him dig himself out of that hole. Um, And I'm curious what your thought process was as we were playing in that moment in balancing the, what your character would do in terms of leaving because your character actually did leave um, mm-hmm. 
and attempt to just fully take off and balancing that with the reality of, okay, you know, maybe Rick is playing this a little too far and we want to kind of throw him a line here. How did that play out for you? Yeah, I, I mean, especially, so the first time that we kind of threw Rick a line, as you said, was not a literal line. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, was when he made his first entrance as the new character, because he just sort of came in very bombastically and stepped on some toes immediately and we didn't want to have his new character already ostracized from the group so we kind of let there be an apology and moved on from that and here i i absolutely accept emily i absolutely accept that we need to all eventually get in this truck and go and i wasn't really trying to i mean obviously i did turn that on its head by running away that is unavoidable but I just felt like it was important for Joe to truly express how terrified she is to go back to her hometown and how significant this is to her. And she's really afraid that if she goes back as herself, something horrible will happen. And so when she wasn't allowed the time to disguise herself, that was just a non-starter. So it wasn't, I didn't really want to derail anything. I just felt like character came first in that moment. And and I think in those moments, right, one thing that we're normally good at is splitting the party, right? And, (laughs) And we've just been together for a while. And I think that oftentimes in games, the desire is to hold the party together. So you have to resolve that conflict in the moment in order to move forward. But I think a perfectly great option that has its own consequences right is to split the party it makes a different game and and it has to be um i think a gripping enough story that the when you're dealing with one part of the party the other party can stay invested through their story but that's what would kind of naturally happen in life right you might separate for a little while and then come back together and so splitting the party becomes an option for looking at that for easing that conflict in the moment, progressing the narrative, and it having that conflict having natural consequences for the group. Again, it has to work for your table. Uh, Rick, sorry, we're like way past what you were, but your memory is pretty decent. So maybe you want to <laughs> jump back in with it. No, I, I mean, I was actually going to be talking about what we just talked about, which was sort of this dynamic um, that, you know, it's interesting, your pers- the perspectives, right? I mean, from my perspective, it was uh, a character who's a sort of World War One vet who who is now brought into this multiple murders of government agents. And there really hasn't been a like a explanation other than a just trust us. And now I'm trying to drive and caravan everybody to a different town meanwhile i have a family right is a character and so his patience is inherently limited and as a like veteran in like the 40s he's he's seen some stuff and so he he he's i think from that perspective uh, he, he doesn't have a long fuse for sort of this these these antics of kids running away from him when when he's trying to help the group out and convey and drive everybody and you know schlep people into the truck right and do these sorts of things so um i think there's a line at which yes you know there's the dynamic of i don't want to go because i need to wear a costume but i also think there's the like 
at some point you you start denying sort of other player autonomy if you continue to sort of right like run away and then it reaches a point where like either either you go or my character just is going to lose his patience and then he he's gone and then i have to sort of make the conscious choice do i just go with that which i think is a hard one um particularly because he's he's new so yeah maybe i guess there's there's not as much attachment but you know, you invest when you're making characters, right, in terms of their backstory, and you want to sort of have that eventual payoff, right? Those those narrative seeds that you sort of sow earlier on, and then you sort of get that payoff later on, both for you and for the listener and for other people in the group. So it's it's a difficult decision in, in how um, honest you're going to play that character in the moment versus sort of the overall arch of this sort of shared storytelling narrative, Um yeah. So it's, uh, I don't, I don't have sort of a great, great, great out. I think some of this, I will say as a GM myself, you know, in similar situations, I think you can do things as a GM when you start to see the train running away of, okay, maybe make a, a dex check, right. Or something like that to see it as a player trip. Right. And then you end up with sort of that immediate conflict there in the situation or those sort of, um, not, not hurdles, but, but, you know, dice guided sort of narrative directions that can help um, maybe change that, that conflict in the moment from sort of a, a running to a, to, to now a, a one-on-one discussion, right. Of some sort. Yeah. And I so think that you, no, go ahead, Emily. Go ahead. I was just going to say, did you feel like in that moment, Rick, I took away your player autonomy? Is that, <laughs> Not not like the first time you ran away, but the second time I was like, I was like, Jesus, we got to get in the car. We got the story we got to follow. Um, oh, I'm you know, sorry. No, no, it's not apologies. It's just sort of right, like you're doing what your character does. I'm trying to do what my character's going to do. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of this discussion is it's not anything personal. Um, it's just more of like the the goal, right, is these competing interests of your characters and the overarching right right shared storytelling and i think it's a fine line and i think we're all learning sort of how to stay true to both and i think it's difficult because you run into these conflicts um and sometimes i think you have to sort of sacrifice maybe one or the other in the moment to some degree um you know for the for the betterment of the group right or something so whether or not i soften because you know, I suddenly realize, you know, you're the same age as my son and, and I and I sort of have sort of a softer moment. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Uh, that's the whole point of sort of these sort of like improv moments and, and storytelling and RPGs. But, um, you know, there's self-directed ways you can try and dig yourself out of these holes. And you sort of have to say, OK, other than staying in this like one lane, what else would this character, given their backstory that I've sort of worked on, would do to try and resolve this alternatively, right, rather than staying in sort of one frozen or one one fixed path um, and that's partially yeah. on me that's partially on you know the whole dynamic yeah and i think that's a wonderful place where the conflict on the table hits the conflict in our heads right where do we <laughs> where do we find peace with that that's going to put a wrap on this week's session of up your rpg Thanks for joining us. You can always join us at upyourrpg.com. Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table. Mm -hmm.